Hi. Hey. It's Ergo. It is. I'm Kiss. You are. I'm Damon. And what we do here is showcase the folks reshaping the culture of Chicago for the more equitable and creative. Yeah. How are you, Damon? Uh, <laughs> You're just only going to give yeah, one, uh, not even word description yeah, answers. Yeah. How are you? Eh. Okay. All right. Well, luckily, we have a great person to talk to Slightly today. more verbose. <laughs> He'll bring us up. We have the superbly talented, extremely lovely... Shanae Mosley. Shanae Mosley is in the building. Very excited for this Singer, instrumentalist, songwriter. She just got off tour with Smino on his Hoopty tour. We talk about that. Uh, we give some apocalypse disaster plans, which are always useful. That's how we kick this off. And uh, See where we're at with it. And then just learning how to come into your own a little bit. So it was a great conversation. Really appreciate her coming through and chopping it up with us. Real quick, a reminder that you can get your Ergo Tees at ergoradio.com slash store. They are in stock and available now and very high quality, if I do say so myself. And uh, we're at Ergo Radio. I'm at Ergo Kiss. Damon underscore AF. Shanae is at Shanae Mosley, M-O-S-L-E-Y on Twitter. Her project Lotus, which dropped last year, is available everywhere. If you just search Shanae and Lotus on all your streaming apps. Let's get into our conversation with Shanae. Yeah. I am. You feel good? Do you mind if I do this? No, no go for it. Okay. Do your thing. You mind? No, we do not. Okay, we, you do not mind. It's funny like how programmed we are to act weird when someone puts a phone in our face. Just hands all over <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's how I was on tour. Like, I still don't know how to act in front of a camera. Hmm. Like, I get like, it's like, just be yourself. <laughs> don't act like it's there. But then I'll just be like, make sure you get the angles. And like, I'm, I'm awkward when it comes to that. So. And it was one of those things probably that like, not too long ago, how often were you in front of a video camera? Like, that just didn't happen that often. But now, you're kind of, like, always on yeah, stage, so you know? Yeah, just kind of... Sh- <laughs> it's like, you just want to be yourself, but you want to make sure you're not looking the type of way or mm-hmm. looking ugly on camera. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a comic and filmmaker named Bo Burnham who has this thing about, like, the experience of being a somewhat famous person or just seen and, and like, worrying the anxiety of being on camera and all mm-hmm. that. That experience is, he's betting that that experience is really not that different from just an average 15-year-old's life. Mm-hmm. That, like, the the worry about, like, how are people seeing me? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be able to maintain this social position? Do I look good? I, like, we think about fame being, the, like, someone being famous having this other experience. But, like, that's kind of just what it's like to be a teenager now. Yeah. Which... It's kind of scary. <laughs> now, yeah, I could not be a teenager right now. I'd be oh mad. <laughs> it's, it's one, I talk about it probably like twice a week. It's one of the most frightening things I can think of. People record everything. Because let, let, let's do it. Let's do it. When, when were you on Twitter? When did you first get on Twitter? In, college. College. Okay. Like freshman yeah. year. Yeah, it was my last month of high school that I got on Twitter. And my junior year of college is when I got on Instagram. So you, had, you were a, an almost full-grown person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just sound old, but... We're a little old. We are, but that's, that's scary crazy. to yeah. think about like a, a seventh grader, right? Like on Instagram. I've I've always considered myself to be a good person. And like <laughs> seventh through ninth grade, we did asshole things right. for fun. That was like part of 
what we was about. Mm -hmm. And if we were able to like capture it and multiply it and if the people were able to see the asshole things we were saying about them and Mm -hmm. man. Did you have a MySpace? I did. That was an era. Not that was an era. It was. And and like looking back on it, the damage is so, you know, controlled. There's only so much you can get into on MySpace. (laughs) But we're the pioneers of the social media age you think about. Like I had a MySpace at 13. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like a kid on there like, (laughs) <laughs> taking pictures got a little boyfriend at Cali uh, and I'm in hot you know it's like oh man the boyfriend you've never seen and never heard their voice I know that yeah yeah, yeah. we video chatted Ooh, wow oh, y'all were real y'all were serious it was, it was real it's, yeah, that's yeah. the equivalent of being month. engaged yeah <laughs> one month of life did you okay so this this is something that I saw homies do but I wasn't in the game yet did you do yeah, that's like what tagged they also... that sounds familiar AOL chat it was kind of like Black Panther for teenagers I didn't have a tag. It was Zanga. Ooh, I never heard tagged of Tagged was one. a separate account, like a separate It's like pre, It's a MySpace. It's pre-MySpace. Man. Tagged. Whew. That's Yikes. <laughs> Nostalgic. Man, do you, uh, do you have any idea what happened to your California boyfriend? I remember his name and everything. His name was Dion. He Shout lived in the Dion. Bay Area. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he at. He probably still has still his MySpace. <laughs> he probably still in the Bay. Yeah. I don't know where he at. Just out here on MySpace. But it was, it was real. It was real. <laughs> Well, we have him on the line, Dion. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. Yeah, that would, that would be amazing. Oh my god, that would be. Hopefully, we'll cross paths. That actually would be a really funny segment because oh, they took them all down. I would love to do a like MySpace and review segment on the show uh-huh. where people have to look at their like twelve-year-old MySpace and just kind of do a commentary on it. Mm-hmm. That would be really funny. What do you mean they took them down? It's not there no more. I don't think so. Oh, Maybe man. mine's something. Yeah, let's, look at, I'll look at mine. I'll look at mine. I'll take the pressure off. Let's see. Mine got hacked, unfortunately, as I was leaving anyway, and don't I wasn't able to get back mine. in. You got crusty lips on mine. <laughs> MySpace.com slash DBKNYC Yankees. Oh, you oh. remember your thing? Yeah, hundred and three. Oh, it's here, but I don't think the content's there anymore. Oh, yeah, no like posts. None of that. Does have a photo of me when I was twelve though? But it does have your top eight. Still intact. Oh, Tamuz Huberman. <laughs> Which is strong. That's Tamu's pretty big. My uh my ninth grade girlfriend. That was a weird moment. Not ninth moment. grade, seventh grade. That was a weird moment because you didn't need consent for a top eight. Like you could just put anybody in your top mm-hmm. eight. Wow. Seven of my so top like eight. Tequila. Was I gonna kill the top eight game? Before she became a Nazi? <laughs> Did she? Yeah. Do you know you remember Tila Tequila? Yeah, she yeah, was she's like the a, most famous person on in there. the world. Yeah, yeah. She became she's a Nazi. A, she's a like what? Far, far, far right supremacist. Like, like a, a what? Yeah, yeah. What? Was yeah. she not? No, the world has imploded on itself. <laughs> that is like think about that sense, but it's true. What was her? She wasn't Mexican. She, she was Mexican? Filipino. Yeah, uh, Filipino. Okay. But Where see, do we go from? I, I, I don't feel like either of y'all <laughs> okay. have more information. Maybe you do, I guess. <laughs> but she was going right. through it. The last time I heard about her, she was on YouTube saying that the people was trying to kill her. So she was going through The Nazis? No. Or just no. The, the government? The, the industry, whoever. Uh, like, well, it was one of those. She was making videos uh, saying, I thought they were going to kill me. Now they hear that she's that. Is, that's so random. Yeah. That's weird. Is this the same era as... I'm bringing another blast from the past. Cat Stacks? I remember Cat Stacks? I remember her. I'm not Cat Stacks aware. She was a behind-the-scenes Taylor Tequila. She was she was <laughs> comfortable with famous people mm-hmm. in a exchange-based way, ah. and I think she was like not a well citizen. put. <laughs> she was like one of the like avatars for like World Star. Like a, mm. like when World Star was blowing up, there was a lot of cat stacks controversy going on. 
Is it with a K? Because yes, it is. This is a, a like a children's <laughs> There's game. There's a game called Cat Stacks. Yeah, let's see what Cat Stacks is up to. Who is it? Two Chains. Where's Paris Hilton? Where's Cat Stacks? Two Chains does not sound like he's from Arkansas. I fucked that, <laughs> <laughs> I fucked that up. <laughs> Different region, but <laughs> it's funny. Turns out six of the eight people in my top eight are people I had crushes on. That's what You're you got to do. You know, I didn't have a California girlfriend. I was just trying to make Outside something of what, happen. What's his name? Rob? What was his name? What was Cali Tom, boyfriend? Tom? No, no. no I thought he just meant Tom. What's, what's the Cali boyfriend's name? Dion. 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 Outside of Dion, do you have any other memories of your top eight? Um, they were off. Or did Dion school. make the top eight? He was on there for okay. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I had a top eight. Then I had a top four because I was like exclusive. Then Ooh, I had a top 24. Tw- yeah. You know how you can switch uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. But it was just all friends from high school. But then sometimes we'll argue. It's like, I'm not your number one anymore. You move me to number six. You know, it's like pettiness. I'm like, why does this matter? Like I yeah. see you every day. Why does it matter? And I used <laughs> to code funny. my page where uh-huh. it looked different. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The music mm-hmm. and the little things coming. Yeah, I'm about to say, <laughs> Miss Can't Touch This is 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 raining down in did the background. You, what, what song did you have? Do you remember? It was some rock song. Mm. It was some random rock song. And then I had like Kanye on there. That's when late registration was out. Mm-hmm. And I had like Drive Slow on there. That's mm-hmm. a good MySpace song. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I was on my page like. That was one of the songs that made me want to be older more than yeah. anything. drive slow it was like I was I listened to the exact opposite of that message I was really trying to like speed this up I'd like to drive more quickly that's funny (laughs) I want to holler at chicks at the ball Mm -hmm. I was like 12 at the time (laughs) (laughs) it's the first time you'd ever said the word chicks yeah because I was going to say what the lyrics said thank you I have reformed my language Mm -hmm. uses Mm -hmm. we've grown since MySpace Mm -hmm. I think that's the message of this segment (laughs) That we've grown since MySpace. All right. You want to be respectable? Let's do the thing. I want to do this. Cool. We're here in the studio. Yep. Talking it out. With a wonderful guest. Doing the thing. Shanae is here. Put up, put up, put up, put up. Hello. Hi. Oh, I didn't do a noise this time. Do you want to try to redeem yourself? Let's run it back. Okay. <laughs> Shanae is here. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? There we go. There it is. I'm sorry. I feel like I clicked on that. Look, <laughs> I did way too much. I can't apologize. control the animal kingdom. I'm excited. Yeah. What do you say? We're here. So we, we, are, <laughs> we are here. We have a tradition, a two-part question we always like to start with. In this time, a defined time, however you like, how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world? The world is treating me very well right now. Um, I just came back from home. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. Okay. But Shout my out. city, you know, we just went through like a ton of tornadoes. So I know it's like a kind of a damper on it. No, but like, no, no, no. We can get it to it. No, let's talk tornadoes. Like... <laughs> Half of the north side is completely destroyed. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, so we're just at home. I'm getting alerts on my phone. It says, take cover. I'm like, oh, whatever. We're going to sleep through it. It was just lightning. We woke up the next day, and my friends, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. Like, my friend's apartment complex is gone. Oh, my God. Another one got destroyed. Some of my friend's neighborhoods are completely flat. Like, it's like. Have have there been loss of life? No. no, that's the weird thing. It's like no one got really injured. Oh, that's except for this older lady. She was like 80 something, but that was in Salina, Ohio. That's mm-hmm. like 30 minutes north of Dayton. Okay. But there was no fatalities and there were a lot of injuries for real. It was just destruction wow. of material things. I can't and imagine an apartment building being. Yeah. No, the yeah. complexes were done. So you were there while these tornadoes were happening? Yeah, I got there the day before, drove down with my friends because I had to 
pick up my new cars. Well, that's the okay. blessing. Yeah, that's right. the blessing. Hey, but it was just like, dang. And then the next day, it was just lightning. It was tornado warnings. We got the alerts. And I'm like, I'm going to just pray about it and we're going to be good. My dad was like, you supposed to tell us to go to the basement. They're going to say take off and you ain't tell us to take off. Like, <laughs> I was like, we five. Like, we <laughs> You're like, we've been warned. <laughs> and then we had more severe weather after the tornado. So mm. it was just like, I got to get out of here. But it felt good being there with my family. But it was kind of mm. like nerve-wracking and scary. Is that something that happens in that area a lot that you Yeah, but all up? the twisters usually touch down in like Xenia or like Chillicothe, mm -hmm. the south part of Ohio because mm -hmm. we're in a valley so it's really mm -hmm. hilly. We don't get twisters in the valley so mm -hmm. it was just weird and it was three of them and they were EF3 and EF4 and Ohio had like 18. I'm like, what is going That's crazy. on? Well, we had a KKK rally the week before so I think God was like, you know what? We I'm gotta just start over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my theory. It's probably That's not wild. a fact, but you know. That's something I think about. Hurricanes, but more specifically, tornadoes, like, you know, you, you, you bring up God and like, I think about like biblical narrative, man, what the hell must that have looked like? Ten that before you had a name for twins before you could say this is an EF four. It's like it's oh, this like, is God's man. Yeah. <laughs> Knew the weatherman was like crying on the uh, oh. news thing because people was complaining. Could it batch a bachelorette? And it was like he was like, no, this is serious. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, this is the same one. And I'm just looking like did that go viral? <laughs> yeah, it, did. Oh, it was so on Twitter. <laughs> like it was it was chaotic, but you know the yeah. tornado alley in the United States is the only place in the world that regularly gets tornadoes. Yeah, like Nebraska. Yeah, that Kansas. whole region, like up into Ohio, but like through, yeah, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, everywhere else, it's like maybe one every 150, 200 years. So we're like the tornado capital mm -hmm. of the world. Yeah, which is kind of a nice flex. Like, that sounds kind of cool. <laughs> where did, where else tornado do you capital. hear in the world that gets tornadoes? Like, does Germany get tornadoes? You know Somewhere in Indonesia, they'll get one from time to time. Maybe that's something of a tsunami. Which is like the tornado of the water. I guess a hurricane's the tornado of the water. This is a terrible conversation. But I just think that's so crazy. Like, you know, growing up between like Miracle the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Stepping into a new lane. Chicago, at least up until this point, is, you know, as climate change progresses, this is kind of the spot to be. Mm, what, more. The worst we can get is like a little flooding. And like, a freaking no blizzard that's like the day after uh, tomorrow. And it's like negative 200 here. That's true. But we're not going to get the waves, though. That's true. Because, you know, I think about that movie a lot, actually. And I think I've said this before on the show. You have it, talked about the day after tomorrow a lot on the show. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, actually. I'm, I'm, I have no problem with it. We can keep doing but it. But it is, it is a funny <laughs> factoid. But um, all these things that we know what they look like because we've seen it in movies before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't know what a wave crashing into Manhattan looks like if they hadn't done that in crappy CGI in 2006. But now when I think about climate change, it's like, oh, I kind of know what that looks mm -hmm, like. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, Chicago, no hurricanes. The lake We're not, wouldn't get too bad. Uh, it, it would is flood. A lake, it would flood. It, you know, you're not gonna, you can't get waves like that. But we don't care about the bean anyway. Exactly. Get that, get that. <laughs> well, we lose lower whacker. It's like, we you know. We definitely lose lower whacker. Mm -hmm. We caught down there. No earthquakes because we're not near any plates. Mm. Uh, no. What are, what are some other natural disasters? I get that we, our geography teacher in seventh, eighth grade, shout out Mr. Churchill. He did a pretty good job of scaring us about the fact that we are not on a plate, but there is a plate that somehow the like fallout from it could like drop Sears Tower. That that is possible. But, like, I think just, like, an average neighborhood mm -hmm, would probably mm -hmm, be okay. Mm -hmm. As long as you're not in the path of Sears Tower falling. Do you, do you have apocalypse plans? 
not even either for yourself or for the world. There's like two folds of how you could approach Ooh. this. Yeah. Like what you Weather think. Weather apocalypse. Yeah. Sure. But you they're can, all gonna work if you if your imagination goes beyond weather, that's cool. I think we should all carve out places in the highest mountains and live there because the world is mostly water mm-hmm. and stuff's gonna flood. Mm-hmm. Things aren't gonna exist no more. So I think we should, yeah, definitely go to the highest parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got a mountain picked out? Ooh, it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll do Fuji, mm-hmm. but that's all the way over there. So yeah, that's a, that's a trip. There. That's a trip. We got the Rocky Mountains here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go there, carve out little apartments in the mountains <laughs> and like litter. That's interesting. When I was in Spain, they have literal like homes in cave, like caves carved into the into the sides of the mountains that people lived in for hundreds and hundreds of years until like the fifties. Like it's not ancient history. So yeah, that's very doable. Have you all watched um, Man in the High Castle? It's this new. It's a show on uh, Amazon. Mm-mm. It's about what would have happened if. Uh, like the Nazis and the Japanese in one World War Two, but I'm I'm deep Ooh. in the middle of binging it. It's crazy. Oh god! But uh, <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because like the West Coast is part of Japan, and like the Midwest East is part of Germany, but the Rockies are the neutral zone, hmm. kind of mm. to that point of like it's impossible to conquer mountains like that. And Got that's Appalachian it. Mountains too, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take our chance on the Rockies. Yeah. How about you? You got an apocalypse plan? Mine is more collective. I think either somebody's going to really like me and help me or I'm going to die. So I, I accept my fate. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I'm, I'm hoping that I have a friend. Maybe you. Your you, plan is you to You might be one of my friends. <laughs> but I think, I think big picture apocalypse prevention planning is mm-hmm. what I'm trying to think about. Like mm-hmm. I've talked a lot about like heavy reforestation. We need like. Like They're try, doing that in India. You know? They just planted what it was like ten million trees or something. Exactly. A million trees. Yeah. That, I don't know what's wrong with us Americans, but you know, we just need to we just need to forest up some stuff, grow some plants. We're too comfortable. Try here. to pull some of that CO two out um, and use it because you know. But I guess I'm too simple on that. It's more welcome to uninformed opinions with Eric. No, but the other thing <laughs> that that I've been saying that I, th- I heard might happen is you know the ridiculousness of the border wall controversy is the fact that we need barriers around our waterfronts right and i heard that they might be building a wall in new york to hire mm-hmm. like, the sea level breach yeah so there's talk about a levy there and then also levies the, is the word mm-hmm. ah yes you're right the more <laughs> um kind of sustainable model is the reason why that island and in the like louisiana it hasn't fought is because you have wetlands build up so when you get rid of the wetlands then the waves can get bigger, but the wetlands break down the waves on their way in. That was part of the problem with Houston this last go around. Exactly. So part of what they're doing in we New know York. know what we're talking about. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> off, right? Part of what they're doing in New York is reseeding all these oyster beds that have been pulled out. So all around Manhattan, there used to be oysters. There's actually, I grew up in the Bronx and right near my house over the bridge into Manhattan, you can still find old oyster shells from what was uh, old American Indian caves. Mm-hmm. And they you know, they had a big pile where they would throw the shells. And you can still find them there. And so what they're doing is they're reseeding those populations because they filter the water. And then the algae in the like wetlands builds up around the oysters as a way of rather than just having to build a big wall, mm. this is a way to kind of build up the natural wall that yes. already existed. And it yes. looks better. It does yes. look better. The That's other thing they do is they sink old train cars to create like a coral reef of sorts. Ah. So they purposely like dump old subway cars off of barges around Manhattan. And so fish have a place to nest and coral has a place to build. 
Oh, that's cute. Uh, that, is, that is cute. That's some like real. Mm-hmm. That's something a hipster would do. That's super city. <laughs> like, that's uh, so city. That's like a ball let's jar. Turn, of, yeah. Let's turn oh, our old car. dream card. It's an artisanal coral reef. And have Wi-Fi there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> $7 coffee. In a Peruvian car. Yep. That's yeah, what, exactly. You beat me. All right. All right let's, let's maybe do another focus. 20 minutes in. We apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. But <laughs> let's maybe talk about who you are and a little bit of, uh, you know, where, where you are creatively and, and introduce people to you and your work. So on the way over here, I was continuing to, to listen to the project from last year to Lotus yes. and really, really loving it. And it's my first little baby. Yeah. So one, it's excellent. Thank you. Two, now when you hear tracks from it, what does it sound like to you? Does this, is it still something that you love or is it something that you have some complicated emotions about? What, what does that project mean to you at this point? Well, Basically, Lotus means to me, like, it's basically my growth and evolution. And I produce everything myself. Mm. Minus, like, a friend playing a guitar and bass, mm. you know, shout out to Boyang, shout out to mm. Paige. You know, mm. they really helped me on that. But, um, yeah, that was just me kind of like my little breakout creatively because I was, like, in a funk and I didn't know where I wanted to go. I was just kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. So that was just me kind of combining everything and, like, okay, this is my sound. Okay, this is what I want to do. And now I just want to build from that. Mm-hmm. And when I listen to it now, I'm like, dang, this is pretty good. Like, me <laughs> do it. Like, I recorded it in my room. I mm-hmm. produced it. I took it to the studio to mix it. And I'm like, for me to do all of this by myself, investing it all by myself, I'm very proud that's phenomenal. Yeah, like an acid wash is like it will remain my favorite song on that project because of like what I went through during that time. Hmm. So yeah, is that a story you you're comfortable talking about? What, what? As much or as little as you want to yeah, share. Yeah, like mm-hmm. basically, like you know, my 2017 was really kind of wild, like physically, mentally, and all of that, and it was a lot of transitions I was going through. And, you know, I was like battling like anxiety and all that icky stuff. And I it was, is cu- it's so is icky. I'm like, I'm tired of anxiety. Great word choice. It absolutely so icky. It's nothing is not icky. Yeah. It's icky. It's super icky. But basically, um, I was just going through that. And 2017 was kind of like my break. I couldn't do it no more, basically. And um, I kind of had a bad experience with like a friend and a substance. And it made it worse. Mm. And it was just like, I had to go home and kind of like mm. rejuvenate myself. And that song was talking about that experience. That and Lover's Gold. Hmm. If you actually pay attention to what I'm saying in Lovers Go, and I'm actually talking about my mental state, what I was in. Try to make it sound light because I don't want to talk about super heavy stuff and music super heavy. You're just like, yeah, sitting here depressed. But yeah, that's just basically that, like a, a intro into me and what I was going through. And my first intro was kind of chaotic because mm-hmm. I was going through some chaos. Yeah. But now I'm like, I don't know, everything's very clear and hmm. it's where I want to go artistically. Everything just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Nothing made sense in that era. Nothing mm-hmm. was making sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I was going to do anything. Yeah. But now it's like, it's so clear. The path is right there and I'm just kind of walking it. Mm-hmm. So. so in terms of that path becoming clearer, is it all external or is it an internal clarity? It's both. One, not forcing things, letting things be. 
I really had to learn that. And I'm a Virgo, so I just perfectionist order mm. and i'm just like okay just relax let it be this is the song you want to make today this is what you're making today if we doing jazz we're doing you know just letting yeah. things be versus trying to control everything mm-hmm. like i had a really bad like control issue like mm. you can't control everything just kind of let the art breathe and let things be and that same thing goes with my life like yeah. i kind of just got to a point where i'm like look i'm making a plan i'm this is my plan some things might go a little weird on the plan but at the end of the day, I'm going to continue to walk on this path and I'm going to get my desired results. So it was, I did a lot of praying, a lot of meditating, a lot of talking with great friends, great family to just kind of, and my amazing boyfriend just like to help me kind of see things clearly and not look at things through an anxious lens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's tough for everyone, but I think especially for a creative person or an artist, figuring out how to trust yourself to mm-hmm. let go of some, like trust your plan, but also recognize that some of it's out of your control and you can only control what you can. Yeah. That takes a long time to even, you know, you can know it in your head, but to really be able to hold that in your body mm-hmm. and in your creative process, I think that can be a real challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really like moved by the, the part of the story of the burden and responsibility mm-hmm. that you as a, a talented creator took on or has to take on or feels responsible Mm -hmm. for uh in the sense that like you named going through a very tough time one Mm -hmm. of the more difficult times but not only having to process it and express it but make it palatable or make it beautiful yeah and like that's really significant because i think of that in two ways like one that pushed you to a place for to learn potential lessons that Mm -hmm. most people don't have to struggle through but then that also can be really dangerous of like when you're struggling trying to make it beautiful for someone else. Uh, mm-hmm. So just talk talk through th- that process of how you, you reconcile being able to to create out of something that was so mm. good. I kind of just took sections of what I went through and decided, okay, I'm going to write about this. Because I'm not going to write about everything because I don't want to be too heavy. And then there's other projects. I can kind of sprinkle that in there as well. But um, I just wanted things to be matter of fact. Like I threw in <laughs> some metaphors, but it was just kind of... Matter mm-hmm. of fact, like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you, like Lovers Go, like the lyrics was just, I don't even know if anyone really caught it, but it was super heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and it's like that song, I'm talking to myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I look over there and saw you getting teary eyed because you know I overcame the shit that stole my vibe. Like, I was just like kind of looking at myself in the mirror, like, I see you and you kind of overcame it, you know? Mm-hmm. But I kind of made it sound like I'm talking to a lover in a sense, just to kind of like, I don't know, make it a bit more lighter. Yeah. But um That's a a great trick in songwriting history. Yeah. Make whatever you talk about sound like you're talking about something. Like I'm talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> talking to myself, talking about myself. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Like I said, I took sections and just kind of come write about this section of the pain, that, 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 because I don't want to just write about everything. Yeah. Like I'm still secretive in a way. I don't like to let everyone in too deep because mm-hmm. I give uh, that vulnerability. I'm still working on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and you know, there's something to be said for figuring out where those lines are and mm-hmm. not always feeling like you have to give all of yourself to everyone, you know? I think one of the weird things or challenging things that I've heard other people who write songs talk about is that even if you're able to write it in the moment where you're feeling it, by the time you're recording it, and then especially by the time it's out, like you've already grown mm-hmm. past that point, mm-hmm. so then you're revisiting things that you wrote and, and it might not even be necessarily what you're feeling exactly. at that point. So how has going through that process of learning impacted your writing now? Man, just letting whatever comes to my mind be on mm-hmm. the paper and I edit it later versus trying to control what was coming out of my head. Like, no, yeah. don't say that. Don't say that. Mm-hmm. No, just this is what I said. Yeah. I said what I said. I'm putting it all out. 
and I might put it to a beat and I'm like, this rocks. I'm mm-hmm. keeping it versus mm-hmm. like I told you, I had that control issue. I was trying to just overthink things. I got to, it has to sound catchy. It's like, I don't, I'm just done with all of that nastiness because it was just like kind of hindering myself. Like I was holding myself back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I have all these amazing outlets, all these amazing people around me. Don't hold yourself back because then people can sense it and feel it. And then it's like, you're tense and then they might be tense. And, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and I wasn't even working with a lot of people either because I wasn't ready to work with like a lot of people because I'm like, I'm still like not securing myself as an artist right. and like my process, mm. you know. And then going on tour with like Zero Fatigue, that like helped. Like I'm always inspired by them, but that kind of helped me get out of my head hmm. more like seeing their process and then me being in the moment. It's just like, it's fun. At the end of the day, music should be fun to make. Even if you're sad, there's some enjoyment on letting it out mm. musically. Yeah. What are some of those lessons or, or approaches that you learn from seeing a joy-filled process that you mentioned from tour? Like, what, what does that really look like? What did, was there things you pulled back of like, oh, this is different from how I've been allowing myself to create. And like, I might try to incorporate some of that into how I work. Just letting the moment be what it is. And mm-hmm. like, not saying like, okay, I'm going to sit down. This song's going to be about this. Right. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's not. But a lot of times it's just you got the beat on. Oh, that's tight. Oh, that's oh, <laughs> and that might be the song, and that's yeah. cool. And then later on, you might listen to it and be like, okay, we could tweak that, tweak yeah. that, tweak that, and then yeah. there it is. It's already finished. You don't have to work so hard and overthinking it and like, mm. no, not that line, not that line. No. Like, yeah. no, it's just like I freestyle a lot more. Like, uh-huh. I'm way more comfortable with just freestyling, and yeah. it feels way easier and mm. better. And I more, way more productive doing things that way. Yeah, trying to write and revise and edit at the same time is impossible. You know, that's that's paralysis. It'll take forever. Know? Like yeah. I'm like I'm yeah. tired. Of, like you know, I'm just like yeah. pump these songs out. I've got time and, to and that and I like looking at that as like a different form of literacy or a different form of writing, right? Like the mm-hmm. idea that composition does not necessarily mean a pencil pen on a sheet of paper right that you can compose using different tools using the voice using the microphone right and it enhances That's your creativity yeah. and trust with and confidence mm-hmm. let's go on the tour for a moment here yeah okay. when, when did you get back two and a half weeks ago okay just been dodging do- tornadoes ever since it's pretty good <laughs> <Dodging> tornadoes. <laughs> i gotta get back to chicago y'all trying to kill me up here it's wild but what were um what were some surprises from being on the road? I know we talked a little bit, like you just said, about the creative changes that it, it grew. But just in terms of day-to-day as a person, what felt different from what you expected? Or, or what are some things that really stood out to you as either great or not so great about the experience? I'll start with the bad first. It's just Perfect. <laughs> Get it out the way. It wasn't a lot of bad, mm-hmm. but I was really exhausted mm-hmm. a lot of times mm-hmm. and like the other tours I wasn't experiencing that much exhaustion but this time I was tired because it's like our bus calls was 4 a.m 5 a.m got off the stage it's 1 a.m in the green room it was impossible to sleep before 4 a.m unless we had an off day mm-hmm. so you're tired that I'm waking up at noon one get up get food load in sound check do it again doing my hair, doing his hair, doing other people's hair. And I didn't mind that, but it was just like, I was doing a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, just ripping and running, and it's just like, yo. And then... And you were on hair duty? 
Yeah. Whew, that's a whole other set yeah. of responsibilities. Yeah, so it was just yeah. like, yeah. it was a lot, you know. That's some high-pressure hair, too. That's true. Yeah. That's not just That's a big part hair. of the brand. Like, the first time <laughs> I had corals, so I had to worry about my hair, but then uh-huh. I had my hair out, uh-huh. and that was, I have uh-huh. long hair, and it's kinky, and then they got hair. So that was a lot. I was getting really tired, and then my eating habits were really suffering. Mm. I was eating like that once was a my day. Question, the nutrition. I would try my best to eat healthy, but then you're spending like fifteen dollars every time you eat, and you want to eat multiple times. So it's thirty, forty dollars a day, and it's just like that adds up. And like the bus, it was like a lot of us on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the mm-hmm. Windows didn't open. I was just like, I can't no, breathe. <laughs> yeah, how would you how would you describe the odor by let's say two weeks into the trip? <laughs> like what what bouquets are in the air? What are don't hurt me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks in, it didn't stink. The third week. <laughs> it was that week three. It That's was, where they get And you. it wasn't people's bodies. It was the shoes. Mm. Like, grown men. It's only three women and the rest are guys. Fourteen of us. So it's like, shoes. Mm-hmm. I would hate to have the bunk on the floor. And if you put as a shoes lined up, you can smell it. So then we have like a shoe rack on the doors, and then you can smell it coming up. <laughs> <laughs> so it was mostly shoes. We was like, I need to get some almond hammer baking soda, like put some Febreze in our shoes. Now we know why Smee has so many pairs of new shoes, yeah. trying to avoid the odor. <laughs> so he had a lot of shoes ducked off. I don't even know where they all went. They was. <laughs> It's and just, we had the shower. We used the shower as like storage sometimes. Mm. That will contribute to the odor. Yeah. <laughs> if, the, if the shower is storage, it's not using its, its true function. So those are the, the smell-based negatives. What about the positives, smell-based or otherwise? <laughs> what was wonderful about it or surprising about it? Oh, being with them. And like it was constant laughter. Like I said, like 90% of the time we were laughing on that tour. And actually the security guard said that on his Instagram. I just kind of took it. But 90% of the time we were laughing great vibes performing like yeah. my most favorite part of tour is performing mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. but like looking at the audience and seeing their reaction to mm-hmm. Smee to the band to us to me to mm-hmm. all of us mm-hmm. that is great and that puts joy in my heart seeing that I can sing a note and that they feel it and I feel them feeling it so we're just both exchanging yeah. energy like that was the best and meeting new people what does that reaction look like like what's the one that you go oh that that really like hits for me Amy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, hey. like they be so excited, especially like when Smee gets like close to the stage. And mm. they're just like, oh my god. And I'm just like, yeah. wow. Like I was like singing with him and at Shuba's and mm. it was like two hundred capacity places and mm. now it's like mm. almost two thousand. Yeah. yeah. Seeing the, the growth door. over the years, like that's really awesome yeah. to witness. Is there anything like concerning or scary about seeing because you know he's not Barack Obama, or not, you know, he's mm-hmm. not he's not Denzel Washington, but he he is obviously growing in stature. <laughs> oh Those yeah, are the two <laughs> most famous people. I just trying to think, like, who, who are the two famous Barack black men? <laughs> Barack and Denzel. So so he is not that, but like seeing hysteria, right, or or like fanatics. Is there anything yeah. concerning, or have you learned anything about that? I don't really get what that is about the human condition. Like, um, why are two thousand people screaming? And yeah, I know when we were in Australia, we encountered this guy and his mom and they really wanted a picture with him so he was not feeling well mm-hmm. his voice wasn't there so we had you know our assistant and our other tour manager tell him like hey you know he's not feeling well no but he gave the other ones a picture we want a picture mm-hmm. and it's like seeing that was surreal because I'm like dang you famous famous <laughs> like, people would demand yeah. pictures yeah. from you that's yeah. awesome but then it's like he is a person right. so, like, you have to respect that even with like Barack or Michelle mm-hmm. or 
Beyonce. I like that you're on a first name basis with all these people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have to realize that these are people. Mm-hmm. And eventually he did take the picture with them just to, you know, please them. You said it was they, a guy and his mom? Yeah. Oh, I would be so we were embarrassed in, in front of my mom. And we were in Australia when that happened. And yeah, I'm just right. like, dang, we're not even in America. This is a however many hour flight away. But it's like, I think with the human condition and that hysteria, it's like, you see this person, you've never seen them in person before. You look up to them and they're kind of pushed in this limelight. You know, lots of people love them. Like, mm-hmm. I think I say Beyonce because people like die yeah, over her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, you've never point. seen Beyonce in person. Well, I, well, I saw her in concert. But, anyways, but like, I haven't seen her. I haven't like seen her. I met her yesterday. No, it was like. Me and 50,000 other people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was in a stadium. Right. Like, but it's like, I haven't been in a room right, with right, her. Right. Intimately. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's like millions of people want that access. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Millions of people can't. They're never going to get that access. Right. Just think about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like a rat race to kind of see that person. And it's almost like a godlike sense. And I think that's what the human mind is like. We kind of associate someone who's super, super famous with all these millions of people loving them mm-hmm. as godly, mm-hmm. even though yeah. they are not God. Right. So I think that's where that hysteria comes yeah. from. Like, you're untouchable. That's a very good answer. You're like, you're untouchable. And like, yeah. oh my gosh, I gotta... And it's like, calm down. Yeah, yeah. it's a God complex. Yeah, yeah. How do you think about that as a performer? Like, is it something... Because as you're saying, some of the pros and cons of it, is this something that you feel a desire? And this is kind of a vulnerable question to ask, but like... The desire to feel that? Yeah. I'm like slightly introverted. Mm. I'm becoming a little bit more extroverted because of the industry. Mm -hmm. Like I'll just be socially awkward, sit in a room and be quiet. It's like I can't do that all the time. It's weird. (laughs) Like talk to these people. But it's like I don't crave for people to worship me Mm because that's what Mm -hmm. that is. Hit them with the air quotes for the don't. (laughs) <laughs> I don't crave that at all. I mostly crave just being on stages and every stage I set foot on, I want it to get bigger and bigger and bigger until it can right. like I'm at the World Cup type st- mm-hmm. That's and I like to connect, but it's not an ego thing. It's not like, oh my God, give me my caviar and my mimosa. No, it's none of that. Yeah. Like I said, I just want to share my talents with these people and make their souls feel something and then we go. Mm. I don't want that. Oh my God. Right, right. No, it's mm-hmm. like calm down. We're all people. Like you mm-hmm. might put out a song that I might really like, mm-hmm. and I might come to you like, "Oh my God, that was amazing!" You know, mm-hmm. and it's natural to be in awe of someone who created something amazing. Like if, right. if I met Bob Marley, if he was alive, I just would have been like, "Man, like Father Reggae, like you, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you did this, man, yo, man." But he's a guy, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. like every human's capable of creating something amazing, and it's okay if you have that reaction of like oh my god but yeah. it's just you don't want to build your whole life around that exactly so it's not don't turn it into an obsession so right. I'll appreciate the love but don't you know don't freak out yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll freak yeah. out then yeah. we all freaking out <laughs> the thing I, I'm thinking about it's not only like putting God onto somebody it is also like a devaluation of self yeah right, right. Like, it's like I'm I'm I, not worthy it's like yeah. no you were worthy you're worthy <laughs> I'm yeah. a regular normal I'm a loo- right like you're taught if you are not celebrated then you are less than and exactly. so then to see someone who is celebrated and then to have a piece of it or to have access right it, it is like a a boost up in, and that's why everyone wants to be a value. celebrity now right, right, right. you right. see on social media and it's like yo you could be famous for something jacked up no, you could be infamous for something jacked up and it will never leave you. So is that what you really want? Like you really have to 
Yeah. You know, be careful what you wish for. But it's even more complicated. You could be famous for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Not even men- not to mention something bad. Just literally nothing. Famous and broke. I could yeah. not be famous and broke. Yeah, I'll be pissed. That's, <laughs> like, leave that's me alone. scary. That's scary. <laughs> like, leave me alone. Well, being famous is not a good way to make money. It's like it's, not. there are a lot of easier right. ways to make a lot of money than trying to be famous and make money. Mm-hmm. It's almost the worst. Like the people yeah. with the most money are the ones that we don't know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that old the Chris Rock joke about like in his subdivision in New Jersey. <laughs> it's like him, Oprah, Mary J. Blige, and a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we had to be the three most famous, <laughs> and then there's just a dentist <laughs> who nobody knows. He comes home. It's not five, the best dentist, but he's just a dentist. <laughs> yeah. So so here's here's like a little silly thing that that I want to know. So you coming off the Hoopty tour, right? That's yeah. And so most of it was sold out, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing that annoys me. Uh-huh. <laughs> On tours that are, that are successful in that way, uh-huh. there's like an obligation to make each specific place feel special. Mm-hmm. And you say, oh, man, y'all way more live here in Philly than, than I got oh, anywhere. Oh, it was like that every other night. Y'all might have been the best show. So let's tell the truth. A crowd's a crowd, right? A like, crowd's like, a crowd. What's, what's the difference? Is, is there really a city that was the best or... It was cities. I can't cities. say one city. It okay. was it was cities. Okay, but there is an actual difference. That's I got not my just top five. A show business lie. Seattle, Phoenix, Atlanta, Santa Ana. It's always the fifth. That's the toughest <laughs> in the top five. No matter it what, was the somewhere list. on the East Coast. It's between New York and North Carolina. Six. Okay, I got top six. Okay. <laughs> North Carolina enough. and Fair New enough. York. <laughs> but all the other cities were great. They were beautiful energy. Well, I was surprised Phoenix's crowd was so lit. Mm-hmm. Like that was like, whoa, we all was in there like dang. And Santa Ana's always lit. It's more lit than Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Like Los Angeles be lit, but it's like a lot of industry people there. Yeah, so they be chill. But yeah. Santa Ana was lit. Was mm-hmm. it the observatory? Is that where you played or is it a different club? Oh, it's oh, you're probably playing theaters, not club. I think yeah. it was observatory because I got an observatory lighter. Well, Ipso no, I've observed enough to that's yeah. when everyone's like Santa Ana. That's, <laughs> I was given, you know, oysters and uh-huh. subway factoids. Uh-huh. I got them all. Uh-huh. Um so now being back in some of that experience of being on stage, are you thinking about imagining what your ideal stage or audience or relation to an audience feels like? Like when you when you project out the perfect show with you at the front of it, mm-hmm. like what does that sound like? What does that look like? Who's in the audience? What kind of room is it? It's a very big room. I know we all have to start somewhere, but hey, it's going to be a big room. (laughs) Diverse crowd. It's going to be a breath of fresh air and the energy is going to be live Mm. because I'm live. Like when I perform, my energy is high. So the energy is going to be very high in the room. Great musical arrangements. And yeah, lots of dancing and all of that. Mm. Mm -hmm. When you say arrangements, we, we talk a lot about lineage up here. Who are people, you know, maybe not your peers, but stuff that you've heard on records or old videos that you've seen of performances? Or mentors. When you're like, this is the kind of musical vibe that I want to be creating. I saw some Earth, Wind & Fire videos. Mm. They're live and musical. And everyone's just having a good time. Yeah. Kind of bring that back. Yeah, those shows look like so much fun. Everyone's just singing every single word the whole night to where you ain't got to do that much work. That's a dream. (laughs) (laughs) Give my voice a break. Um, Musical arrangements. I saw some Janet shows that were freaking awesome. She's so like, just the sexiness Mm -hmm. of her. Like I used to like obsess with her and Michael when I was a kid. Like Mm -hmm. it was an obsession. I will Mm -hmm. admit that. It was an obsession. Like Mm -hmm. her live in Hawaii, the Velvet Rope Tour, all of that. Mm -hmm. Cause she puts on a theatrical show. Yeah. 
Michael, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like the father of it all. Like James Brown. Yeah. Um, a lot of old school acts. Tina Turner. Yeah. Just the energy. Not even talk about any artists today, but it's an like energy that's lacking. Like mm. everyone's just comfortable, you know, being on stage, just doing this, and that's cool because the song bops and people right. love it. But it's like to really capture and really give that out of this world experience yeah. where they're like, "Oh my mm. god, I saw her live!" Yeah, there's like, a showmanship. It's to a it, yeah. showmanship, and I really want to kind of just bring that showmanship to my shows with like the high energy and mm. superb yeah. vocals and all of that. Yeah. I think the, the the connection that you have. To that legacy and the people that you named, and what I'm thinking the difference might be is around musicianship. Mm-hmm. I think it's one thing to be trying to like perform and express in relationship to musicians and live instruments being played, as opposed to like you know a program track or you know a performance mm-hmm. piece. Uh, a lot of people can't bring that energy yeah. because there isn't like a horn section to be like hit me. It's yeah. like wait, the DJ's gonna hit him, you know? Yeah. Like I, I think Earth Wind they had like a drummer that would like a drum set that would like fly and maybe even like spin around or so like <laughs> some wild shit. I might be exaggerating a little that's bit, but dope. but it was something to that scale. And so you know, coming into this, that's definitely something I, that. I see or admire about you is mm-hmm. not only are you, you know, super talented as a performer and a writer, but also clearly an amazing p- musician as I've been mm-hmm. able to see you perform o- over the last five years. I'm just curious where you are in your growth or your your struggles or where you see yourself in terms of, you know, sitting behind a keyboard or also I've seen you play guitar before, right? Or am I making I'm not good enough to play it on stage. Okay. Like I can like I felt like there was a second instrument I saw you play. Yeah, I can I can play guitar, but it's not like I'm gonna just be up there on some John Mayer stuff (laughs) singing lullabies. But um no. Right now my sound is alternative soul and R and B. I think that will kinda always be it. I have something though it's not mixed. I wish I could play it but it's not like all the way mixed. It's heavy bass, heavy drum. I like having that foundation. It feels kind of tribal Mm. I like because it brings the energy. It's like even in war when you had drums. Yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I like having that heavy drum and heavy bass. But yeah, I'm very alternative. So R&B. And right now I'm just focusing on music, making the music. I don't have any like solo shows lined up. And that's mm-hmm. cool because like we're traveling this year a lot with me and all of that. And I just want to focus on getting like a nice repertoire of music and then yeah. Drop those singles, drop yeah, another yeah. EP. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, you know, getting my game plan together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you playing keys? Just not even on recording, just like for fun? Is it? Do you yeah, still be on the yeah, keyboard? of course. That's my baby. Like I've started playing keys before I started singing. Hmm. I'm learning how to incorporate keys in a different way. I got to keep it a secret, but I'm just learning how to. You got a you know Hazel Scott? <laughs> Hazel Scott, no. That name sounds familiar, but I'm not. This black woman, amazing name, Hazel Scott. She was playing like two pianos. Oh, say, mm. old, like, uh, yeah, like old they have those old videos of her. Yeah, yes. the two keys. That's, this, that's crazy. She inspired me. Is that where Alicia Keys got that from? Was she just Probably. The- I pulled one up. I think it's worth watching, and I'll just put the audio in, but this shit is so cool. that on the keyboard already but she's doing it on two different pianos and that's hard that's not easy that's hard talk about showmanship also like just like yeah i'm just more so 
focusing on the showmanship aspect of it. Yeah. Because I want to be one of the greatest performers. That's probably a far-fetched statement. But anything's <laughs> possible because Travis Scott selling out arenas and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's possible. Like, I'm done thinking stuff is impossible. Like, it's mm. possible. And I said one of the, because, like, trying to be the best, like, there's yeah, yeah. already, like, mm-hmm. so many greats. And if... And talking about control and pressure and all exactly that. Exactly. One of the. Mm-hmm. So, and the time will tell, you know. But yeah. that's what I'm on. So let's go, let's go all the way back. Uh, you said you started playing keys before you even started singing where yes. was your entry point into music and not even just as a musician but you know what was your relationship to music when you were a little kid I'm from Milwaukee Wisconsin I moved mm-hmm. to Dayton Ohio in first grade mm-hmm. but I claimed Dayton because I was raised there mm-hmm. my mom used to have people over and I used to tap on the tables all the time hmm. and I'm stop that stop that I had this marble table and it had like a little ledge like a little baby piano mm-hmm. so I was just playing it and I'll show people look look and I was like Barb <laughs> you should get her a keyboard she was like okay Got me one for Christmas, little toy keyboard. I was playing that thing. I was just going up and down the keys, like, mm-hmm. and then, like, I was singing to myself in like preschool. Like, I was super young when I started all of this, and I was like, "That sounds good." I said that to myself. I'm like, "Okay," like I was just kind of <laughs> discovering, like, coming into myself, uh-huh. yeah. what I can do. I'm like, Learning "Okay," the power of self affirmation. Exactly. I'm like, I can sing. I like keys, so I'm gonna do that. Uh-huh. Singing in the church that has always been my foundation. Moved to Ohio. I was always drawn to the arts. You had to pick piano or strings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I picked piano. Mm-hmm. I'm in the piano class, and I'm just flying through it. Mm-hmm. And the teacher was like, she needs to get, like, actual, actual lessons. You're like, I've been playing imaginary piano since I was two. <laughs> exactly. You don't have anything on me. Exactly. The teacher told my mom. <laughs> so my mom was like, all right, we're going to get you lessons. Uh, so then I started doing lessons, and I was still singing mm-hmm. in the church choir as well. Did the lessons and went to Howard Music. Then I auditioned for an art high school for choir and piano. Mm. And I had a double major. I went to Starbucks School for the Arts in Dayton. Mm. I was in chamber choir, like, you know, classically trained on keys and voice. You could sing opera, all of that yeah. stuff. I did it all. Came to Columbia and I was uh. like, you know what? I want to focus kind of on the business side because mm. I've had this whole, my whole upbringing is music. Yeah. You know, church, our church was very theatrical and Afrocentric. We did plays. I danced. I did everything. Like, yeah. everything you can think of, I did that when I was a kid. So, yeah, came to Columbia and met all these amazing people. And that's how I ended up in the band. Yeah, yeah. When I was in the all-girl band, that ended. And then one of my friends was like, hey, Smee's looking for another background singer. And I did that, and now I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just kind of like a never-ending. Yeah, that was the quickest origin story I've ever heard. That was oh, yeah. very impressive. <laughs> yeah, you were ready. I, <laughs> narrative out. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that's just how it happened. Let's jump back to the beginning because yeah, yeah. I love the like through line of it. But sometimes when we tell our stories, we can like craft the line and there's so many more ups and downs along it the is. way. It is. Okay, yeah. So you're practicing on this on this little keyboard that you've mm-hmm. got. But what, what are the sounds that you're hearing around you? What's the music being played in the house? What are the other sounds around you? My parents love smooth jazz. Mm. My dad loved like Sade, Marvin Gaye. My mom loved Erica Badu. Mm. You know, so I was introduced to neo soul and jazz and gospel music. First and foremost. And then to go to my aunt's house and she playing like Teddy Pendergrass, Luther, and then my grandma, rest in peace, grandma. But she yeah. was playing Bobby Blue Band, yeah. like the old mm-hmm. blues, like mm-hmm. Delta type blues. Mm-hmm. So you know, because our family's from Mississippi. Mm. Those were my origins. That's what I grew up listening to. 
Yeah. And then my dad, I started listening to hip hop when Tupac, it was 96. Oh, I sound old. I'm not that old. <laughs> I mean, you were probably like four or five at the time. I was four. Yeah, I was yeah. born in 92. But I was listening to Tupac. But Calif- was like, ah, this new guy. He got <laughs> <laughs> I had some kids born in 2000. But um, I was listening to California Love by Tupac. My mm-hmm. dad was bumping that through the house. Because my dad DJed mm-hmm. when he was younger. And he ah. still does. So he always bumping some music. And that was my first introduced to hip hop. was like Tupac and Biggie and all of them. Where was he DJ? I mean, his dorm room. (laughs) But now he DJs at events and stuff. Like, he has his own business. I'm like, way to go, Dad. (laughs) I love it. I love it. But yeah, so go to my aunt's house, I hear that, then my cousins will play this. So it was just different people were were exposing me to different types of music at such a young age. And when I would try to play, I'll just literally play each and every note down the keyboard, like, and I just kept doing that. You're really good at that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And I just kept doing that until I got familiar with what the key is. Yeah. I didn't know the individual notes, but I knew what they sound like. Yeah. And then when I got the lessons, it all just clicked. And I was in there teaching the kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, kids, so we have to do this. I was like, duh, 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 duh. and I was like, okay. And I'm sitting down like, how y'all not getting it? <laughs> I was going around. She was like, Sinead, do you want to help? I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, basically, this is middle C, and then this mm-hmm. is the high C, and the low C, da, da, da. And the teacher was just like, I was looking at the teacher. The teacher was the thrilled, teacher, by the way. The teacher was sure. like, we need to get you some lessons for real. Yeah. So then I went to this um, lady named Mrs. Heckenkamp. Oh, that's a piano teacher name <laughs> right there. She had white hair. Yeah, I knew she did. Yeah. <laughs> the Heckenkamps? The Heckenkamps. The Heckenkamps. Yeah. She taught piano in her basement. Uh-huh. And, you know, let's, private lessons. Let's paint a picture of Mrs. Heppenkamp here. So it's this older white lady. She lived on Markey Road, Dayton, Ohio, North Dayton. Rest in peace to North Dayton because I'm telling you, it's gone. Sad. Yeah. She oh, lived almost there. almost made such a tasteless joke about, well, at least the pianos were in the basement. But yeah, <laughs> No, it's fine. They're I like that- how you said you almost made it and <laughs> yeah. then made the joke. I if, I made the, if I gave the preamble, I'd be okay. <laughs> that you thought about it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You realize those tasteless. That's called a, that's called a 2019 disclaimer. <laughs> no, that's that's but called. their house is fine. I, I drove past it. The hecking <laughs> camps are doing okay. Yeah, the hecking camps always are fine. camps are fine. But, um, um, you walk in you her house. You cannot stop the heaven camps. You can only hope to contain them. <laughs> so you walk in the house. You walk in the house. Kitchen to the left. And there's the living room. And then there's a the door to the basement. You walk down the stairs. And as you're walking down the stairs, you see her whole basement. The piano's in the middle of the floor. The couch is right here. She had tables here. And she always did puzzles. Mm. Bathroom back there. She was 300 shelf. years old, correct? She wasn't that old. She wasn't old. Hopefully she's still alive. I don't know if she is because she was like in her 60s then. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't even mean to be talking shit about the heaven kid. Was she a good teacher? Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. like, I was like, <laughs> she basically started me down. on theory. She's mm-hmm. the one who taught me a lot of theory and I had to only play with my right hand. She was like, no, going to the basics. So mm-hmm. I was like, I want to play with both hands. Yeah. She was like, no. So it's the right hand. My left hand is like sat there. Hmm. I will go home. And when I went home, I would try to force myself to play with two hands. Because when I was a kid, I always dreamt of yeah. playing like and that's that. that's what it looks like. It looks the, like you're just I was like, it, yeah. I want to do that. So after I left my piano lessons, I'll go home. And I would literally sit and, like, try to do that until I got to the point to where, like, I just, like, I learned classical music. So I'll play, like, a sonata, like, dun, 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 dun mm-hmm. with my left hand and my right hand. Dun. And I was just doing that by myself, like learning how to put that mm. together in my mind. Then I go back to her and 
we'll do our lessons and everything. She taught me the notes, the triads, everything that I needed to learn. And I learned like more advanced theory in high school. Mm-hmm. Then I'll make up my own compositions. Mm-hmm. And then I'll show her, look what I made up. It probably yeah. all over the place now. But it was like, just some random stuff. And she was like, yeah, she's learning really quick. She's doing really well. And then Mrs. Heckenkamp, after a while, she had to stop teaching because she had fibroids oh, no. in her uterus. Mm. They weren't cancerous, thank God. And then yeah. her husband got really sick and he passed. <sighs> so she had to stop. R.I.P. So Mr. Heckenkamp. Yeah, you know, he was like, he was an older guy. Like, mm. they were older. Hopefully she's still here. If not, I love you. But, like, she taught me everything I knew. And when I go home, I listen to Alicia Keys. Mm. So Alicia Keys was a part of my upbringing right as well. I'll listen, yeah. to, yo, <laughs> I'll listen to Alicia Keys. And try to do exactly what she did on the Let me think. You're probably like nine or something when Alicia's coming out? Yeah, I was real young. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. 10, like the preteen, yeah. like that era, I would yeah. literally listen to her and her intros. And I would try to play that. Hmm. And then I'll play the songs on my piano and try to learn that. Like I was listening to everything I could listen to mm-hmm. and try to play it yeah. verbatim. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing is like, sorry to cut you up, what I'm hearing mm-hmm. is like a real hunger to be wanting to like yeah. not even just get big or better, but just like improve and be able to I do the thing that you're I don't know where it came from. It yeah. just kind of like was there. I don't know what drove me to do that. I was just like, okay, <laughs> I got to get good at it. And I asked for a guitar. I still got that guitar. Yeah. Dad got it for the pawn shop. Yeah, it's still nice, but I got to get that guitar. Does but, it feel like that still now? That that drive to just like, hey, yeah. there's a thing I want to do, but I can't yeah. physically do it yet? I want to get way better. I almost quit piano at 13. Mm-hmm. My mom came in my room and was like, no, this is your <laughs> moneymaker. I was like, dang, okay. She was like, yeah. no, Sinead, it's your moneymaker. You doing this. What pushed you to want to quit? I was getting bored because uh, I felt like I was at a plateau at that age. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay, I just kind of want to... Oh no, 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 move on. And then I was already singing as well. Okay. It was just this drive to always get better. So I was never yeah. really satisfied. That's that I don't want too much on Zodiac, but that Virgo is perfection. Like, hmm. gotta be good, gotta be good. Yeah. And it's a constant, you know, strive for that. So I did not want to go to that school no more because it was just way Christian school, you know, like nine black kids out of the whole eighth grade. I was like, I needed something else. Yeah. I wanted to go to Shamana Julian. That's a Catholic school. All my friends going there. It was more diverse. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm, I can't be in this Christian school anymore. Let me go to a Catholic school. <laughs> but that Catholic school was cracking. Uh-huh. A lot of my friends was there. And it was way more diverse. Mm-hmm. But she was like, no, you're going to Stiver School for the Arts. Mm. So that was like, it's public and it's the arts. I'm yeah. like, fine. I already knew how to read notes and everything, thank God. Because yeah. that's a requirement to get into Starbucks. You have mm. to be good already. You have to mm. audition to get in. Yeah. I learned my little piano song, like, my country tis it. I say, I'm like, my country. And then <laughs> I had to flag look, waving behind you. <laughs> then I had to look at the scale. And then piano, I was obsessed with Lord of the Rings. So mm. I played Emmendale, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings song. Yeah, yeah. I still haven't seen any of the Lord of the Rings movies. And you're like a Game of Thrones guy. You, I know. You got to go back you and gotta, You got to watch go Lord of the Rings. yeah. It's yeah. it's like Game of Thrones without the incest. Game of Thrones was wild. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's tough. Oh my god. Oh my but god. yeah, so I did shit with that. Off, you know? <laughs> so, That's crazy. Oh <laughs> my nostalgia. god. Nostalgia. But yeah. I was like, I auditioned with that. And I got in with Flying Colors, mm. both magnets. So I yeah. was a double major. So to jump back to the present and, and all of that training, you know, is what like gets you to the point where you can be making the things that you want to be making mm-hmm. now. Like you kind of have to have the chops to then be able to throw it all out the window mm-hmm. and build what you want to make. You said you you still have that desire of like I want to build the skill even more. Mm-hmm. What's a thing that you can hear in your head, and it, or or a type of thing that you 
know that physically you can't do yet, but you want to get to the point that What's you your can. contemporary two hands? In your story, you were saying you've always been driven by this desire to improve and that mm-hmm. it's like never ending. So you kind of started it with your teacher making you play one handed mm-hmm. and you went home and had the desire to be at the mm-hmm. two handed stage. So like right now, is there a next stage mm-hmm. of progress you're trying to get to yes. that you feel like you aren't quite at yet? Piano, I want to get better at playing extreme chords, like just some out there stuff Mm -hmm. and be able to name every chord that I'm playing because sometimes I don't know Mm. what chord because it's a lot of chords it's a lot Mm -hmm. of keys and sometimes I don't know exactly what I'm playing and I want to be able to like move all the way up and down the keyboard playing different chords and different notes in each like just kind of get really insane with the keys because I'm Mm -hmm. like I'm really good at it Mm -hmm. but I want to get insane at it yeah so you can get like do the weird stuff (laughs) yeah, yeah like really like there's this Japanese woman who's freaking Dumb. I feel like that's all she does is play all day. She's like hmm. sick. It almost makes your stomach hurt how good she is. It's like <laughs> sit down. Yeah, I forgot her people. name. <laughs> Harami. She that's is. Your girl. She is amazing. Like I want to get to her level. I want to be able to play a lot of instruments like mm-hmm. cello, bass, mm-hmm. guitar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm drums like i want to play almost every instrument to perfection yeah. like kind of how prince was doing because i mean it's, i'm a musician i got my whole right. life you got decades left. right you know i might as well keep going yeah i want yeah. my voice to get super good i just want to get as good as i can until i die and then i can be like well done like that's basically my goal <laughs> that's like a good ass way to live <laughs> no, a life that's a great yeah. plan yeah. yeah that kind of idea of like i want to get just better and better and better and it's not about the external validation i think that's a really useful thing yeah i think it's really for internal. me and yeah, just in so general right. to like that's a healthy driver, I think, to some degree, mm-hmm. or at least more healthy than like I want a bigger, a bigger and bigger crowd and more and more followers. Because you know? it's like that's gonna come. Like, let's say you're doing all this stuff for your internal validation, right? And someone's documenting you. Yeah. And then they put it out there. Right. Mm-hmm. It's gonna come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was striving. Oh, my followers aren't gonna get this. Like, no. Go inward. Get better. And record yourself. It's mm-hmm. your history. It's your story. Mm-hmm. History. Her story. Mm-hmm. Record your story. Put it out there. And, Boom. Let, it, and let it be received. People still talk about Mozart and it's 2019. That's true. That's and true. Beethoven. We need right. to get over it. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> people, like all those artists back Shakespeare, all of them. You know, Beef with Mozart. <laughs> even freaking King Tut. You know what I'm saying? People yeah, are being yeah, talked yeah. about thousands of years later. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. be the best you that you can be. Record it. Your story, her story, his story, yeah, and put it out there. There are very few artists, though, who still get talked about. Beyond life? Beyond, like, 200 years. Beethoven wasn't that long. That was, like, the 1700s. Like, that's mm-hmm. 250 years ago or whatever. In 100 years, nobody's going to be talking about Beethoven. Things might be different you have, now. What, what's the 1500 way? Artists? To the point of, like, it's all documentation. You know, it used to be because that Moonlight Sonata is a hit, though. That record would get does bang. would get lost. <laughs> <It> does bang. <laughs> you know, I think now there's going to be a greater longevity. I think things are more likely to get lost now because there's it's so, so much, much. It's, it's, and the, there's no physicality. So you know, a hard drive gets wiped, Spotify goes down. There was an article that came out today that there was this fire at Universal Records in 2008, and like. Thousands and thousands of Masters. unreleased songs destroyed. Oh wow! Like, ugh, let me you see better get that vinyl. You better get them physical copies. You know, because that does matter. But that just broke my heart. Because this this isn't like the masses of songs that we have. These were things in process. The Universal Fire of 2008 just estimated to have destroyed 500,000 iconic masters. Mm. There's an article that came out today in the Times that I haven't finished reading, but 
Damn. It's what we always talk about, about like the archive. And there's a, I can't remember which tribe it is, but there's this saying that when someone dies, their library burns. Like that was the language that they would use for death. And, you know, we we think about a digital thing having more longevity, but I don't know, man. Mm -hmm. You write something on a piece of paper, you put it in a book, that book might get musty, but it'll be there. <laughs> a hard drive goes, a fire at Universal. So this is your like, thing. Spotify can decide to wipe it all out. And yeah. Like, yeah. And we don't own any of those songs. So super bro- villain. <laughs> yeah. I still believe in CDs and vinyl. Mm. Well, they exist. Yeah. yeah. My, my final question, kind of what, what got us to that point of like this dichotomy of internal growth and like mm-hmm. self-validation and like being externally received mm-hmm. and like external affirmation are those two things ever in conflict for you or do you see them being in conflict for other, like, like like the the quest to be the best you can be and the quest to be on the bigger stage mm-hmm. do they ever get in the way of each other you know what sometimes like yeah i want to be the best i can be but i don't want to just be that in my room and no one mm-hmm. sees it mm-hmm. it's kind mm-hmm. of a balance like i do want to share like i'm not even super religious anymore but in the bible it's a king and he gave three men talents Mm -hmm. or money or talents however you Mm want to you know how the bible is you know how the bible is one man had 10 talents (laughs) all these metaphors (laughs) you know one man had 10 talents one man had three one man had one the man who had the most talents was afraid to deposit his talents and buried it all one man spent it all one man invested and got more in return Mm -hmm. the king came back looked at the man who spent it all was like you know what you didn't invest, you know. I mean, at least you used it, but you should have invested. You could have got more. The one man who went and invested his one talent came back with more. He was pleased. He was like, "You did what you needed to do. You have a talent. You used it, and you got more." Mm-hmm. And the guy who just buried all his talents, he was the most displeased with him because it's like, "I gave you all of this, and you just buried it. You mm-hmm. hid it. You didn't show it. You didn't do anything with it. You just hid it." Mm-hmm. So I kind of just use that as like. I want to invest in my talents and I want to use it, but not to the point to where it's unhealthy and it's like, I got to have this, I got to have these follow because then that's when things become chaotic. It's kind of just a balanced thing. Because order and yeah. chaos are right next to each other. Because yeah. in social media age, I will admit, sometimes you know, your followers got to get up, you got to get more plays, you got to get this, you got to get... Yeah. I will admit, I do fall into that sometimes. But it's like, I kind of tell myself like no people be buying <laughs> like people could buy play you know what i'm saying like it's right. so fake so yeah. it's yeah. like i rather build something organic and people yeah. genuinely like me than buying a bunch of fake stuff and disappearing in three years i got right. my two hit songs and i'm gone it's also like i maybe want to be like a sustainable person yeah <laughs> like you know? that's the other side is like you know you can't quantify like what happens off the record and how mm-hmm. you think about yourself even beyond that so yeah it seems like this is the, the sustainable model mm-hmm. you know all right, let's let's head towards getting out of here. Yeah, you want to check out let's real check quick? Out. So we all gonna do a check out, whether that's a word, a phrase, or a moment from the conversation. Okay, let's do it. I mean, I'm stuck on my thing on the archive burning. <laughs> I just looked up the article real quick, and it was like, oh my god, masters of Billy Holiday, Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, Al Jolson, Ben Crosby, Ella Fitzgerald, and Judy Garland, Chuck Berry's greatest recordings, and Aretha Franklin's first appearances on record among 50,000 other records. And so these are things that have been duplicated that we've heard the final of, or they're like unreleased stuff. It's mostly some released things. It's all, it's their masters. It's usually just the masters. It's the masters. So it might be things that we've heard, but these are the master recordings of. Which is... Oh, that breaks my heart. So, you know, to our point about Hmm. what we do and just in general, it's like how 
and I don't even back up my hard drive. Like, yeah. how do we how do we build the damn? It's interesting. The I, controls for that. I wonder, like, financially, how that works because so much of their power is like we own we the own masters, masters, which is a physical thing. And I'm sure they're not gonna be like, oh, we don't own the masters anymore, even though there is no master that exists. <sighs> anyway, that's what I'm stuck on. I bet you it was a make- scheme. You think it was a yeah. classic insurance fraud? Yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> there's, there's something was up, and they were like, "No, there are the no jig, more masters." The jig, the jig. Yeah, I don't trust them. Two things. Uh, one thing I was gonna ask, but like the, f- the the flow of the story was more important. Was like you brought in the language of music theory, and I just feel like for the layman, most people don't even have like a concept of what that is. So I I, I just think about how musically illiterate hmm. society is. Music yeah. theory is the language of music. Yeah, it's right. the written language, right? Right, and most people don't have any like concept of the beginning of what that even looks like, like what is even the alphabet. So that's one thing, and then and then the thing I just asked about is internal development and external relationship and position ever in conflict? How do we reconcile and find balance in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how about you? What, what sticks out in your mind from this conversation, um, or just how are you feeling? Hungry. But, uh, <laughs> I hear you. But what sticks out? That validation thing and the control, letting yourself flow as an artist, letting yourself be. Like, don't put chains on yourself. You know, we could be our own worst enemies and not needing so much external validation. I mean, yeah. a little of it is going to happen. Like, you can't control it, all of it, but not needing it is healthy. So you're not ending up doing God knows what for it. Because you don't know what some people might do for that fame or for that type of lifestyle. End up selling their whole soul and just like losing themselves. Oh, I got this. I got that. But then people could turn on you like that. You could be famous and all of a sudden you said this one thing and now we hate you. And then now you're crushed because you needed that validation and they don't like you no more. Yeah, it's like the Jim Carrey line. He goes, I wish everyone could become rich and famous so they could see it wouldn't make them happy. Exactly. It's being happy within yourself first. So then if or when you do get that you can really enjoy it for real, for real, and not yeah. feel like you're in jail or in hell. Yeah. I really appreciate you sharing your talent and your thoughts and coming through and talking yeah. with us. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Where can, uh, where can the people find you and your music in the ways you want to be found? I am on SoundCloud, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. You know, my first project's on all of those places. Mm-hmm. Um, there's many more to come. For sure. After that as well. I'm about to release another single within the next few weeks. So cool. I'm really excited for that. And yeah, that's where you can find me at. For sure. We're at Ergo Radio. I'm at Ergo Kiss. I'm at Damon underscore AF. And we'll be back next week with another person reshaping the culture of Chicago for the more equitable and creative. Before I say it. Yeah. For real, sincerely. Oh, yeah, shout so out and love to all the people in Dayton and to your hometown. Thank you. Thank you so much. is strong thank and speedy. You. And then in general, much love to the people. Peace. Peace. Hey, Dame. What's up, Kiss? I want you to meet my friend Miriam here. Hey, Miriam. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Miriam is my oldest friend in the world. The whole world. And she is a devoted podcast listener. Are you? I am. Oh, well, that's love. I don't even just, I don't mean our podcast. I just mean podcasts in general. Okay. I love podcasts. How, how do you usually find your podcast? What do you listen to them on? <sighs> the iTunes mm. app. Yeah, I know. Very basic. You're not thrilled with it? It isn't the best. Well, the good news is we actually have a recommendation for you. Oh, yeah? Well, Ergo is sponsored by Overcast. It's an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. Man, it's for the people. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls. Just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it free in the App Store where you get all the other things. Yeah. 
You gonna check it out? Sounds amazing. Cool. We won you over. Look how effective this ad is. <gasps> yeah. Pay, pay us more money, folks. <laughs> that's that's advertising in action. You see? Works. <laughs> see, that's how good we are at selling. We're things. doing this. Hey, yo, Harold, hit me up, man. I am an advocate, and I can market your stuff because look how great we just marketed Overcast. We just gave an ad for them and an ad for us. I think it's time to get the fuck out of here. Let's do it.